0: But I want you to turn to your, in your Bibles to Mark chapter 10, and uh, I want to share with you a story from Scripture where a man asked Jesus a very simple question, and that is, what do I have to do to go to heaven? Very simply, what do I have to do to go to heaven? It's a question that every one of us ask, and every one of us want to know the answer. Now, I want the title the, the title of this series that we're beginning for the next uh, Four weeks, including today, this weekend, is one thing. What's the one thing that's most important in your life? I'm going to ask each of these athletes that question. What's the one thing you can't live without? What's the, uh, here's another way to say it. What's the one thing that's stopping you from being who you want to be? What's the one thing that's stopping you for, from living for God? And uh, that's really the title of this week's message. This week's message is, is called, What's Stopping You? What's stopping you? Well, recently, as many of you know, I had the privilege to be able to sit down and talk with Vernon Wells, and uh, ask him a few questions, get to know him a little bit, and then ask him this question. So I wanna show you that interview right now. So watch the screens here. I'm sitting here with one of the best Major League Baseball players of all times, Vernon Wells, center fielder for the Toronto Blue Jays. In one season, he had 33 home runs and 117 RBIs, and he signed one of the highest contracts in sports history ever. So Vernon, here's my question for you. How do you like being a member of Gateway Church?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Ever since we've been there, it's been home, and uh, I thank you for that.
0: Good, good, and tell me a little bit about your family.
1: Well, I have uh, married eight years, two boys who are seven and four, uh, truly a blessing and a handful at the same time. But uh, it's, that's my family and that's who uh, I've known my wife ever since I was a sophomore in high school. She was a senior cheerleader and I was a sophomore football player and I give her a hard time about that as much as possible. Because she's a little older than you. A little older. A little older. Uh, looks, it, like, looks younger. Was it love at first sight? You know what, she uh, actually, it was one of my good friends actually introduced us and he called her up and said, I want you to meet my cousin. That's what we were, all those kids. We were cousins, so... Yeah. um, She said, what's his name? And he said, Vernon. I was like, I'm not dating anybody by the name of (laughs) Vernon. So so I was was already uh, starting off on the wrong foot, but we saw each other and walking up and down the stairs in high school. I can remember seeing her the first time. and uh, Yeah, I guess you could say it was love at first sight.
0: That's great. Uh, When you hit a home run, do you know it's a home run from the moment it leaves your bat?
1: Most of the time, most of the time you do and it's a great feeling because it's when you're swinging a wood bat and you connect and the sound of the bat and you don't feel it and you know that, you, you know you hit a home run but you try not to, uh, you don't want to show anybody up in the process. I try to be respectful with, with everyone and make as many friends around the league as <laughs> possible. Uh,
0: a few months ago you gave me a gift and uh, I actually brought it uh, and my understanding is this is a bat you've actually used, right? Yes. Uh, but i got to tell you, it, it's very, very heavy. Does it feel heavy to you?
1: Sometimes, unfortunately, it feels heavy. So that's when I, the times you see me struggling,
0: is when the time that that bat right there feels heavy. That's when this bat feels heavy. Yes. Now, with this bat and with an other bats, obviously, tell me, how many home runs have you hit? The most home runs in one game. Uh, I, I hit three home runs uh, in one game against the Red Sox in 2006. Now, you've had also, I remember, uh, I don't remember which year it was, I know you do, but hit the wall hurt your shoulder you broke a bone in your hand how do you deal with that emotionally i mean you you signed one of the largest contracts in in baseball and then the next season uh you know you have some injuries and you don't perform to the level you want to perform to mentally what does that do to you it's tough
1: and i i think that's where you have to draw on the lord because uh, he's the only one that can strengthen you through times like that this past season was one of the toughest for me emotionally, it took a toll, not only on myself, but on my wife, because she kind of had to hear all the boos and what everybody was writing, right. what everybody was saying. But you know, you're not going to learn much from being successful all the time. It's those hard times that you're able to get through and and learn what you need to do to be successful. And we go through so many struggles. I mean, just in baseball alone, if you if you fail seven out of ten times, you're you're an all-star, yeah. which doesn't make any sense in any other field. But that's 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 the life of baseball. If you're it's, it's a failing sport, but you have to be able to deal with it. and You go through periods where you're failing a lot more than seven out of ten times, and there's only one person you can turn to, and that's your Heavenly Father.
0: Hmm. You, you know, you talk about that uh, fail seven out of ten times, which would be like a 300 batting average, yes. is actually very good, <laughs> yet people don't think about the seven times you strike out. Right. Um, so you talked about also having a bad season. A bad season is a whole bunch of bad days in a row. Correct everybody watching has had a bad season.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What do you do when you're having a bad season? <laughs>
1: uh, you try not to cry, first <laughs> off, which which happened a couple times. <laughs> but uh, you know what, I, I look back at it now, and it seems like it, it went by fairly quickly. Mm. But going through the process, it's it's difficult. You keep your head up. Mm. I mean, there's nothing that should, that should allow you to keep your head down. You keep your head up. The Lord's there for you because you're going to struggle. That's that's inevitable. That's that's a life we live, and uh,
0: I think it's a matter of how you respond
1: to those will make you who you are.
0: You know, a lot of people in our society put athletes on a pedestal. You're you're recognized. Uh, you're very blessed financially, but do you go through struggles like everyone else, and and do you rely on the Lord in those struggles? Of course, uh, being on the road and, and being
1: around so many different people, uh, you're not going to be as around your core group of believers as you would normally be. And it's a matter of staying in the Word and staying as close to Him as you can so you can avoid those situations. Because obviously the the lesser amount of situations you put yourself in to the bad situations, the less you're likely to to fall.
0: You know, uh, I was thinking about even during the season, as busy as you are, the times that you'll send me a text and say, good sermon, pastor. You know, you were, you listen to the, you still go to church as much as you can, even during that, those seasons, right? Well, that's, that's the lovely part about
1: this church, is I get the chance to uh, open up my Mac and, and watch you live. And uh, if I'm in the clubhouse, I can sit there and watch service while I have some downtime. And uh, guys come over, see what I'm looking at. And I said, yeah, it's my pastor. So how are you watching this right now? Oh, we have, a, I have a live feed. <laughs> you want to sit down and watch. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's great being
0: a member of Gateway. That's great. All right, well, we've come to the time when I want to ask you a very, very important question. You've had a lot of success. God's blessed you. Uh, when people talk about the rich and famous, obviously, you've accomplished both. People know you everywhere you go. Um, the Lord's blessed you financially. But considering all that, here's the one question I want to ask you. What is the one thing that you cannot live without? Jesus. It's easy. It's an easy.
1: It's an easy question to answer, and without him, none of this is possible. I wouldn't be sitting with you today, uh, having this discussion, and hopefully making an impact on the lives of, of many people. And uh, without him, this this uh, this life means nothing.
0: It's pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> well, I uh, enjoyed sitting down and talking with him, and I, uh, as you can see, Vernon's a great guy. And that's Vernon Wells, right there. Thank you. Well, since you're here, I'll uh, ask you a few other things. Let me just uh, introduce, though, uh, Charlene, would you mind standing up? This is Charlene and Christian and Jace right here. This is Vernon's family. And uh, they were in the four o'clock service, so uh, they'll head out because they've already heard the sermon. And so it's a a good one. Good. Good. Thank you. It Usually
1: is. So, you know, well, let
0: me ask you a couple of questions. I know you and uh, Charlene recently started a a foundation. You grew up in Arlington and uh, you're helping homeless people, single moms. Tell me a little bit about why you started that foundation and what you do. Well, first,
1: I want to say thank you to, you to yourself and Gateway Church and obviously the members and people that go to this church. This, this church has blessed our foundation tremendously. Um, we just started last year and been a tremendous blessing to us, and it's allowing us to continue to go out and make an impact on the lives of people, uh, not only in the Arlington area and in Toronto and just around the Metroplex and hopefully around the world. Uh, you start small, perfect what you're doing, and, and hopefully uh, impact as many lives as possible.
0: uh, I know you're doing a great job, and I'm I'm glad to serve. Actually, serve on that your council there and leadership council. I'm I'm gonna actually kind of throw you a curveball. Can you hit a curveball? Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I wouldn't normally do this, I wouldn't talk about salary people's salary, but you athletes, your salary's kind of all over the internet. Everybody knows it anyway, right? Uh, but your, your last contract you signed was $126 million. So uh, my question is, here's my question. Um, with $126 million, does that make you happy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yes it does and sometimes no. Um, I don't
1: know if you've heard More Money, More Problems. It's a rap song, so.
0: <laughs> we, we, don't, we don't use on, rap on, songs. Right, I won't, I won't get into that. Okay.
1: Uh, this was early on in my life. I was listening to that stuff. <laughs> okay. so, But uh, it comes with greater responsibility. Um, I've been truly blessed to play a game for a living. Uh, fortunately enough, I still haven't grow up, grow, grown up yet. Um, but through my life, I'll go in a short history. I was 18 years old, got drafted in the first round by the Blue Jays, and they um, said, we'll give you $1.6 million out of high school. I was like, sweet. Got, got, <laughs> out the money and put it in the bank. Didn't do much with it, but put it in the bank. Uh, obviously, I wasn't uh, doing what God intended to to do with that money. Um, at age of 22 or 23, I signed another contract for 14 million dollars. At that time, uh, my wife and I rediscovered the Lord, uh, became faithful tithers and uh, and offerings and, and and just giving back. And from that point on, I've always believed that if I go back and break down how much we tithe, how much we offered, it would be 10 to 100 fold of what we got and it would equal this contract of $126 million. And I truly believe that, and I truly believe that's why we're blessed and why we are able to uh, do the things we're able to do now. It's great, It's great. Well,
0: while I'm here, you got this baseball. <laughs> just, if you just sign it for me, I'll just kind of take advantage of this situation there thank you very much i appreciate that all right and uh but you're not going to keep that
1: i was (laughs) (laughs) and he had a bat and you all saw that but he's he's not going to keep this ball either so uh it's okay robert i I have to call him robert because i tried calling him pastor on the phone whenever we talk and it got to the point where i would answer pastor he would say yes doctor so (laughs) He slowly began making So a you're not going to let over. me keep the ball? No, you're not keeping the ball. But I'll give this to uh, a little one out here. and uh, Here you go.
0: Thanks, bud. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I saw... Uh, that guy, Vernon, will you shake his hand right behind? He, he tried to get a ball. Can we get him a J.D.? Will you get him a ball right there? And uh, bless you guys. They are, as I said, they already heard the message, so they're going to head out because he's going to pop in tomorrow as well. So can we again thank Vernon Wells? All right. Mark chapter 10. Everybody there? Mark chapter 10, verse 17. It says now as he was going out on the road, one came running and knelt before him and asked him, "Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life?" So Jesus said to him, "Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, and that is God. You know the commandments: Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, Look at these two words. One thing. One thing you lack. Go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come, take up the cross, and follow me. But he was sad at this word, and went away sorrowful, for he had just signed a contract for $126 million. (laughs) He had great possessions. All right, I just want to share with you briefly three observations from this story in the Bible, true story that happened. Here's here's number one. one. Number one, the bad news. Here's the bad news from this story. Being good isn't good enough. That's the bad news. A guy runs up to Jesus and says, good teacher, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? Another way to say that, one commentary says it this way, what good thing do I have to do to be able to earn eternal life? And Jesus immediately says, listen, it's not about being good. That's not what it's about. And to prove it to you, uh, let me talk to you about something for a moment. Let's talk about the commandments. And then he says, you know the commandments. Now, I don't know if you actually counted those while we were reading them, but I've counted them before. Here's what happened. Jesus said, you know the commandments, but he only named six of them. If you go back and read it and count, he only named six. And the six that he named are the last six out of ten. So he named six instead of, but there are ten commandments. Now, here's my question for you. Do you think Jesus forgot the other four? No. The commandments are actually divided into two categories, two uh, sections. The first four have to do with man's relationship to God. The second six have to do with man's relationship to man. So he only names the six that have to do with man's relationship to man. He doesn't name the four that have to do with man's relationship with God. And here's the reason why. He couldn't, this man could not have even passed the first commandment. Here's the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. And as soon as Jesus mentioned his money or his possessions, he said, well, I can't do that. In other words, what's first in my life are my possessions. Here's what we do. So many times we think, well, if I do more good than bad, I'll go to heaven. And and then we compare ourselves with others. We we say, well, I'm not like so-and-so. You know, I I didn't do this. I'm not not like so-and-so. Now, you know, uh, I have two boys and a daughter. And I remember something similar to this happening one time. I was trying to remember the exact, but I'll have to ask them, but maybe they don't remember. But it was something very similar to this. I remember saying to my oldest son, Did you hit your sister? Here's what he said: Yes, I hit her in the stomach, but James hit her in the mouth. (laughs) I see what he's trying to do is he's trying to say I did something bad, but he did something worse. See, now I I also have to tell a little bit on Josh. Josh was a really good talker when he was young. And still a good talker. Uh, but I can remember, and I'm just wondering if any of your children did this. And I got to think about this. The title of this series is One Thing. Here's what I remember. When, when he would do something wrong, I'd say, okay, I'm, I'm going to spank you now for what you did I told you not to do this and you did it so I'm going to spank you now I, daddy loves you but daddy spanks you when I tell you not to do something you do it you know I would explain several times so he knew why he was getting spanky and here's what he, he would always say daddy can, can I tell you one thing first <laughs> did you did anyone ever have a child like that can, can you say one thing daddy just one thing just one thing please for just one thing daddy just one thing and so I would say, okay, you tell me one thing, but then you're getting a spanking. You understand? You tell me one, one thing, but then you're getting a spanking. And it was always something like this, Daddy, I love you. <laughs> I love you, Daddy. And, and I have four dollars, Daddy, and I want to give that to you because I because I love you, Daddy. And and daddy, and and and, 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 I, and I want to hug you, Daddy. I, I, want to, I want to hug you. I want to hug you all day, Daddy. All all, all day. Here's the point. We do the same thing with God even when we grow up. But, but, but daddy, 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 listen, listen, listen. Can I just tell you one thing, daddy? I'm not as bad as, I'm not that, I, I've done more good than bad. Daddy, daddy, daddy. Now listen, here's the point. You say, well, does God want to spank us or, or punish us? No, listen to me carefully. Maybe you've never heard this. God does not want to punish you for your sins. He already punished his son on the cross for your sins. See, this is the great thing about being a Christian Jesus Christ has already paid for our sins if we'll simply receive him as our Savior. So the bad news is we can't be good enough to go to heaven. No one can. As a matter of fact, Romans chapter 3 verse 12 says, There is none who does good, no, not one. There's none who does good, no, not one. So that's the bad news. All right. Here's point number two. Here's the good news. Look back at verse 21, Mark chapter 10 verse 21. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack. Now watch carefully what he said because I think a lot of people have misunderstood this. Go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Notice this phrase, and you will have treasure in heaven and come, take up the cross and follow me. There's a couple of things I want you to notice about this verse. First of all, the, the two words we talked about a while ago, one thing. But there are two other words I want you to see. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him. Loved him. Now, how hard was it for Jesus to tell this man this? Because do you think Jesus knew that there was the possibility that he would go away sorrowful when he said this? Sure he did. But here's the point. Jesus loved him enough to tell him the truth. Jesus loved him enough to tell him there's one thing that is keeping you from making the decision you need to make. Now, it's very important that you understand something. We say, now, why did Jesus tell this guy he had to sell everything to be saved? He didn't tell him that. That's not what he told him. He didn't say you have to sell everything to be saved. Here's what he said. If you sell everything and give it to the poor, listen to what he said, you will have treasure in heaven. He didn't say to get to heaven. He said you'll have treasure there. If you'll become a giver, same thing Vernon was talking about just a moment ago. When my wife and I began to handle our finances correctly and we became givers, God blessed us. And in the same way, he has more treasure in heaven. But that's not, he didn't say he had to do that to go to heaven. Here's what. Then here's what he says. And then take up your cross and follow me. Do you realize this is the same thing Jesus told everyone of how to get to heaven? As a matter of fact, he uses the word, if anyone. Let me read you that verse. Mark chapter 16, verse 24. Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. If anyone desires to come after me. Here's the same thing. Let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Here's what Jesus was saying to this guy. There's one thing that is stopping you from denying yourself taking up your cross and following me. And you've got to get that one thing corrected first. Now, here's a question I have for you. What's the one thing that's stopping you from following God? Is it relationships? Is it an addiction? Is it money? What is it? What is the one thing that's stopping you? And is that one thing worth not going to heaven? Is that one thing worth not only not having eternal life when you die, but abundant life here on this earth? Now, I told you I had three things I wanted to show you, three observations. You think, well, where are you going to go from here? You've told me the bad news and the good news. Well, number three is the best news. I'm going to show you the best news. If you go on down, we didn't read this while ago, so let's read it now. Look at verse 23. We stopped at verse 22. Verse 23, then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were astonished. This word's only in the New Testament four times, by the way. It's very rare. The disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, now watch, he's going to explain a little bit more. Children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches, for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. That's a real famous saying now, but Jesus is the one who said it. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Now watch this. And they were greatly astonished. It actually means beyond bewilderment. Beyond bewilderment. Completely shocked, Totally stunned is what this means. Saying among themselves, who then can be saved? Who could go through, what camel could go through the eye of a needle? Who could be saved then? Then Jesus looked at them and said, with men, it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. Okay, let me tell you the best news. It's impossible for you to save yourself. That's exactly what he's trying to say here. It is impossible for you to do enough good, to do more good than bad enough. It is impossible for you to get to heaven on your own. But with God, all things are possible because God made a way. Now, it is amazing. It says this, Mark says he was rich. Matthew and Luke tell the story too. Matthew says he was young and Luke says he was a ruler. That's where we call this the parable or the story of the, it's not a parable to happened, of the rich young ruler. In other words, he was very wealthy, very young, and he was very high up in society. He said, you're going to have to sell everything you have and give it to the poor. We know of someone in that day who was rich, who was young, and who was a ruler, who actually sold everything and gave it to the poor. Now, you say, well, this guy didn't do it. Now, wait a minute. It doesn't say he didn't do it. it, doesn't, it no, nowhere says, he, it says it didn't say he didn't do it. You know what it said? It said he went away sad. You would too. <laughs> it says he went away sad. There was a man who was the richest, youngest ruler of the day. His name was Nicodemus. If you remember, Nicodemus came to Jesus another time. Asking almost the same thing. And Jesus said, you must be born again. Now, we don't know if this is Nicodemus, but here's what we do know. Nicodemus sold everything he had and gave it to the poor. We do know that. We know that Nicodemus came and helped bury the body of Jesus, took his, cross off the, took his body off the cross, helped prepare his uh, uh, body for, for burial, but he didn't put him in his own tomb because he sold it. So he put him, he had a best friend named Joseph of Arimathea. And how, how somehow Jesus got to use Joseph's too. We also know that Nicodemus was kicked out of the Sanhedrin because he publicly professed Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Here's my point. Jesus said to this guy, and maybe it was Nicodemus, but we don't know. We can ask him when we get to heaven. He said, There's one thing stopping you. And it's possible if it was Nicodemus, he thought, you know what? It's not worth it. It's not worth it. I've got to come to know Jesus. Now, hear me. You say, well, you know, going to church and all, I've tried that. You just don't understand, Pastor. I've tried to change, and you don't understand. Well, you can't tell me that I don't understand because I didn't always look like this. I I was in drugs. I went to jail. I was messed up. And I remember in a motel room saying to God, God, I can't change. I've tried, but I can't change. But I'm still going to give you my life. But I want you to know something. I can't change because I've been trying to quit drugs for three years now, and I can't quit. But I'm still going to ask Jesus to come into my life because I believe you're the Son of God and you died for my sins. And I'm gonna give you control of my life from this day forward. Never touch drugs again. Never had the desire to touch drugs again. You wanna know why? Because with men, it's impossible to change. But with God, all things are possible. I'm not asking you to straighten up and come to God, I'm asking you to come to God and let Him straighten it up for you. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? Some of you may have come because a friend invited you or because you heard an ad on the radio. And yet I want you to hear something from me, no matter which campus you're attending, Southlake, North Richland Hills, or Harkins Theater. You are not here today by accident. You're not here by accident. You're here because God loves you the same way Jesus loved this young ruler He loves you. And he's been drawing you. I bet you some of you could talk about how God has spared your life at times. You could probably tell me stories about how maybe you should be dead right now. Please understand, God's done that because he wants to draw you to himself. He doesn't want to ruin your life. He wants to save your life. And it's really simple. It's really not that hard. It's just exactly what I did in that motel room when I said, God, I can't do it. I can't do it. But I want to receive Jesus as my Savior. I want to give you control of my life. And God changed me. And he wants to change your life too. So if you're here today and you're not sure that when you die you'll go to heaven, if you're here today and you say, I I can't change, but I, I, I know I need Jesus, I want to give my life to God, Here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to lead you in a prayer. And I'm not asking you to pray this prayer out loud right now. I want you to just pray this prayer in your heart. Just just right where you're sitting, as I, as I say this prayer out loud, would you just pray in your heart? And would you just tell God, I want to give you my life? Again, whether you're at Southlake, North Richland Hills, or Harkins, if you'd like to give your life to the Lord, I'd like to just pray this prayer in your heart right now. Just pray this. Just say this after me in your heart. Just say, dear God, Just tell him, dear God, I know I've done things wrong. Tell him that. And I ask you to forgive me and to come into my life today. I receive Jesus. Just say that in your heart. I receive Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. Now, no one's looking around. The reason I'm the only one looking around, the reason I'm doing this is because I want you to have a a, a moment with God. But if you prayed that prayer and, and, and you really meant business with God, I want you to just put your hand up where I can see it. Put it way up high where I can see it. You ought to be proud to put it up. You ought to be proud to put it up. Best decision you make, put your hand way up high. South Lake, North Richland Hills, Harkins. Put your hands way up high, way up high. God bless you. God bless you. You can put your hands down. Many, many of you put your hands up. You can put your hands down. Listen to me. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you that you gave your life to Jesus. We would like to help you. And here's what we'd like to do. First of all, we'd like to pray with you and help you in your new life with the Lord. And in just a moment, here's what we do at the end of every service. And and please understand, you might think, well, that would be embarrassing. It's really not embarrassing because people come for prayer to some of our leaders at the end of all of our services. Here's what I'd like to ask you to do. In just a moment, we'll stand up at all three campuses. We'll stand up, and and there'll be leaders here at the front. And I want the leaders to come as quickly as you can so you'll be ready, all right? But there'll be leaders here at the front, and you just come to one of the leaders and, and just tell them, I gave my life to Jesus. And let us pray with you. Let us help you. We're not asking you to join this church, all right? You may already have a good church. If you don't have a good church, we'll help you find one if you don't live close to this one. But here's the reason. Here's another reason I'm asking you to do this. Listen carefully. Jesus said, if you'll confess me with your mouth, if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you'll be saved. So you've already prayed in your heart. I'm asking you to come to someone trusted, one of the leaders here, and say, with your mouth, I gave my life to Jesus. I'm accepting Jesus today. So please make up your mind right now as soon as we stand up again, whether you're at South Lake, North Richland Hills or Harkins, as soon as we stand up, you're gonna just stand up and just step out and come to one of the leaders, all right? Just make up your mind. And if you need prayer for any other reason, maybe you need prayer for your family or for your job or something you're going through, come and let us pray for you, all right? So just make up your mind, especially those of you that raised your hand. As soon as we stand up, just come to one of our leaders and let us pray for you and make that 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 confession with your mouth that you give, you've given your life to Jesus, all right? Holy Spirit, I pray you'll draw every person that has any prayer need and every person that prayed that prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. And as soon as you stand up, come on, just step out and come, all right? Come on. Come on, whether you're at South Lake, North Richmond Hills, or Harkins, come on right now. Come on. Come on. Please don't be embarrassed. Please don't be embarrassed. Don't let Satan stop you from making the best decision of your life. Just come to one of the leaders. Just come on down right now. Just come down and just walk up to one of the leaders and just tell them, I prayed that prayer and I gave my life to the Lord. So come on. Come on, come on, if you prayed that prayer, come on. If you need prayer for any other reason, come on, just come on, step out, just come right now. And when you get down here, just walk right up to one of the leaders and just tell him, I gave my life to the Lord, I prayed that prayer. Or I need prayer for a certain area of my life. So come on, when you get down here, you may need to look to the left or the right to find someone available and just walk right up to him and tell him. all right? I'm gonna turn the service back to uh, the pastor at North Richmond Hills and at Harkins. And so I'll just bless you guys and you can continue the service. But if you need prayer for any area of your life, come on, and let us pray for you.